Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. just stand up on the inside. And uh, you, you, you don't have to stand, but if you want to, you can. It's perfectly fine. If I was me, I would sit right now. Now it happened on the second Sabbath after the first. <laughs> okay, sit down. <laughs> we do have notes for you. We're good. Thank you. All right, just to make you feel comfortable. I don't know why I, it's just like after page uh, four comes page five. Okay, now it happened on the second Sabbath, and uh, there's notes being passed around, uh, and uh, we may or may not use them. If there's blanks and you don't know what the blank is, just pray. Perhaps the Lord will give you a word of knowledge, word of wisdom perhaps, and you can fill in the blank. We hand notes out uh, so that you would go and preach it to somebody else and to help you retain what is taught. And before I continue reading, this morning when I was talking about the Ten Commandments, I, I came to the commandment to keep the Sabbath holy. And I tapped it for just a moment. And when I did that, I felt opposition. I felt conflict. I felt, I felt the, the, the words of a Seventh-day Adventist person saying, no, 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 it's Saturday. And then the words of those who are Messianic Jews, perhaps, who said, no, 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 no. It's Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. It's, it's Shabbat. And then I, I, I sensed in my spirit conflict with people who don't know, and, but then actually didn't really care, which is kind of the way that I am. I'm just glad he saved me. Every day, every day is the Sabbath. That's what I've been trained, that you rest in Jesus every day. There it is. The Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And so I bring you and submit to you this message to bring some clarity about what the Sabbath actually is. Are you ready? It happened on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the grain fields and his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the, on the what? On the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them and said, have you not even read this, what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, verse four, I went to the house of God and he took and ate the showbread and also gave some to those who were with him which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he said to them, Son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Let's all say that. The Son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Verse 6, now it happened 
on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. Amen. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find accusation against him. Verse 8. But he knew their thoughts. He's God, so he, he knows everybody's thoughts. He knew their thoughts, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise, stand here. And he rose and stood, and he said to, him, and he said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discussed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Father, thank you for what you've done, the freedom and power that's here on a Sunday night in summer where the church is packed. How is that? They told me so many years ago, don't even have a Sunday night service because Alaskans won't come. Not only do they come in winter, they come in summer because people are hungry. We, we are hungry. We're hungry, God. We're hungry. And so we take time now to look into your word and ask that you would release living understanding and revelation that causes a revolution in the hearts of each and every one of us for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. I've entitled it very simply, Lord of the Sabbath. How would you define yourself if someone's to ask you, how would you define yourself and how would you actually do that? I mean, think about that for a moment. How would you define yourself? What is the most important defining aspect of who you are? Israel defined itself by two Main covenants, two covenant signs. You don't know what they are. The first one is the Abrahamic covenant, which is circumcision. And you can write that in your blanks right there. I'll, I'll give you that one, but I'm not promising all of them. Abrahamic covenant was circumcision. And the, the second one is the Mosaic covenant. Anybody know what that was? The Sabbath, the Sabbath rest, found in Exodus chapter 12 and specifically, uh, chapter 31, pardon me, verse 12 through 17, but specifically verse 13. Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign. It will be a what? A sign. So circumcision was a sign, and the obeying of the Sabbath was a, was a sign. This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. The Sabbath was a sign. Circumcision was a sign. What the Sabbath was supposed to reflect. What was, do you know what it was supposed to reflect? What was the Sabbath supposed to reflect? I mean, what was it a sign of? What was it reflecting? Well, very simply, it was a testimony of God as the creator. Because if you look at the creation story, he created for six days and he rested on the, on the seventh. So it was a sign that God is creator. And it's not only a sign that God is creator, it's a sign that he's creator. And I, us, 
we are completely dependent on the Creator. So when we take a Sabbath rest, and I'll get to defining all of it. When we take a Sabbath rest, you're saying, God's more important than work. God's more important than, than my job. God's more important than anything. He is the one that I truly live for, and I take one in seven days, and I rest. It's the Sabbath rest. I'm dependent on him. Say that. Say, I am de dependent. It's also a declaration that he's our provider. He's our what? Provider. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, your grace is sufficient for me. Ooh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, your grace is sufficient for me. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. He will put his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me, Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> When we went to Israel, we found out there was a bunch of Jewish dancing, and we, when, when we found out, we talked to our, our guide and said, oh, we want to go. We want to go. Where is it? They said, oh, it was last night. I'm like, oh. Next time I go to Israel, I'm going to hit the streets and do some Israel dancing. <laughs> you know you'd be out there with me, some of you. The Sabbath was a declaration it's a testimony of God the Creator, a statement of our dependence. It was a declaration that He is our provider. It was a picture of joyous covenant relation. Imagine that. Joyous covenant relationship with God who delivered us. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Hallelujah. Verse 15, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So, okay, let me just stop and say, does anybody re remember being delivered? Don't ever forget, spiritual amnesia is a recipe for disaster. Remember. Everybody say, remember. Remember. So he says in Deuteronomy, remember the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt with a strong hand, with a mighty strong hand, with an outstretched arm, and he delivered you. And then he says, he talks about the Sabbath. It's, it's a picture of being joyful. The Sabbath's supposed to be fun, man. It's not supposed to be old. Oh, God, oh, we have to take a break. One in seven, we have to make a... Shut up! That's not even in Scripture. He delivered us. Come on, say it. Every time they honored their Sabbath was with statement, God, you've delivered me. God, you have delivered me. With an outstretched, with a mighty outstretched hand. It's the statement that God wants to restore and renew us. In the introduction, let's look at the text.
just taking that. Uh, as, as this grows, there will be wheat and tares. And this is always the way it is. We'll always have somebody to come to ride on the backs of those who've prayed through, given, sacrificed, to ride the wave of revival with an unpure heart and with impure motives. And those are called terrors. Are they among us? Absolutely. But that's always the way it is. And in the parable of the wheat and the tares, I'm, I'm saying something else now. Well, we might, like I said, I'm not obligated to do my, my, I'm not obligated to fulfill my filling in the blanks. If you want the blanks filled in, talk to Pastor Kirsten. I'm sure he can help you out with that. Jesus said, just let them grow up together. You know, there's something about, does anybody, um, I heard a story, I, I don't know, the, the catfish in the south, I, I wish Minister Jan was here. Does anybody know about like a bass? I think catfish is, the, is the, the enemy of bass. Am I right? So you're from the south. You've done some bass fishing, have you not? Very good. They, 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 they have these things in bass boats. I mean, they have them up here too, but, but they're a really big deal in the south. Not as much a big deal here as a live well. Does anybody know what that is? A live well. It's, it's like a cooler in your boat, and, when, and it's got water in it. And when you, when you open up that cooler, you throw in your bass, and it swims around there, and it stays fresh. You know what they found is that they found that in a live well, if you'd put a catfish in there with the bass, the bass is way fresher. Could be because it's fighting for its life. And I've found with, with wheat and tares, it's just all part of your training. Now, wolves are different. There's wolves and sheep. And I just want to tell you, if a wolf comes in here to try to shear your sheep, this sheep here, try to shear you, try to manipulate you, I will wring its neck along with my other squad of shepherds. I have protocol here, and if you think I'm talking to you, I am. I have protocol. You violate the protocol, you're in trouble. Can we just lay hands on anybody? Not here, you can't. Why not? I don't know where your hands have been. And if you're not willing to submit to, to the structure, you're going to have a withered hand. We'll pray for you afterwards. And I ain't even playing. Because there will be people coming, and if you're all bent and bowed up, you're online right now, I can't believe, well, I've got a whole bunch more to say. If you think you're upset now, I could really light your butt on fire. <laughs> Keep your pathetic word to yourself. If you're not submitted here, that's what I would call it. Don't be prophesying over my people. Don't be laying hands on, don't, don't do it. If we don't know where, you're not committed here, you ain't going through the leadership here, don't, don't, don't come in here and try to play that game. I'm starting to get more and more Holy Ghost irritated. Let's all have a praise break, can we? How controlling. No, it's called safety. 
You break into my house, it'll be the last house you break into. You mess in this house, it'll be the last one. Amen. I'll send you off to be ministered to in a very special way. And you know something? I, it was said to me like that when I was coming up in church. And you know what? You know what's beautiful about that? You don't have to worry. You okay, Mom? Mom. <laughs> Mom, you look really happy. You know what's beautiful about it? is that when, when there's a move of the Spirit, there has to be, there has to be strong spiritual authority because not everything's from God. And, and you have to have discernment. There's absolutely genuine people that want to come and flow in the power of God, but they're not willing to yoke with you. And then you can't do that. You just can't endorse that. Hello? I dropped off my truck to get the head gasket fixed, which on a Cummings is a significant deal. Blue head gasket. Couldn't find a shop that would do it outside of three to four weeks' wait. But a friend of mine called friends of his who contacted somebody in the valley who came very highly recommended, but it's like an off-the-beaten-trail mechanic. So I'm like, uh, let me just weigh that. We drive out. I pull in. When I'm pulling in, I'm seeing all these sick rigs. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, whoa, nice truck. Ooh, there's another nice one. Ooh, wonder what's wrong with that. Ooh, nice dually. And pulling in, I'm seeing all these vehicles. And they're not, like, rusted out. There's not weeds growing everywhere. Decent house. You know, nice house. Big old pit bull comes out. Probably the size of me. Nice dog. And I get out, and the guy, the guy comes, and he meets me, and we talk, and we dialogue. And I'm a backyard mechanic, so, I mean, I can, I can fix, like, a radiator cap. <laughs> I can change my oil. I can, I can do a couple things, all right? But I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, lifting off a 600-pound head of a Cummins turbo diesel. I, I'm not doing that. And then, you know, send it in and... You know, make sure it's not warped. And I, there's, I have limits. I think I could do it given a long period of time and a lot of YouTube watching and all the tools with some wisdom from somebody else. I think I could do it. But I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to have somebody else do it. It'll be done next week. But when I walked in there, when I drove in there, I'm surveying diesels, nice diesels, a few Fords. We won't hold that against them, but a lot of Dodges. <laughs> Well, you know what Ford stands for? Found on the road dead. Anyway, no offense. Go on. And I discerned. Then when I spoke to the person, he's telling me everything I know, everything I read about, and then he's even got some, some extra wisdom that I was just learning about, and he has it all, and he comes highly recommended. Did I leave my truck? Yeah. If there was weeds and a bunch of Fords, I wouldn't have left my Dodge. Do you understand? It's called discernment. 
The Bible says to know those who labor amongst you. I know you. I know you. I've known you for, for a few decades, a couple, 20 plus years. I know you. I know your husband. I know your kids. I remember when every one of them were born. I remember when you didn't have kids. I, I, I've seen the power of God on you. I, I, I know you. I know you. I don't know you guys as long, but I know you. And I know Rodney, who endorses you. And I know people that, that know you, that endorse you. And you come with a sterling reputation. Sterling. And then, and not just that, we've been running a little bit together. But we got a whole lot more running to do. I could hand the mic to you and tell you to just go ahead and minister however the Lord said. And we would be fine. It would be great. It would be anointed. It would be amazing. We could have your wife right now hand her the mic and pray for anybody that needed healing. And the power of the healing, touch of God would come. She'd quote like 50 scriptures for healing and you'd end up healed. Sister healer. How did that happen? We didn't just walk off the street. We've had coffee. We've spent time together and not nearly as much as I would like. But I'm just telling you. I needed to take a station break. And it doesn't have to be built with me, but it does have to be built with people that have integrity and, and, and people that are a part of the house. So I'll just tell you, I don't allow parking lot prophecy. What is that? That's when, when brother or sister comes up to you to give you a word in the parking lot. Now, if, the, if you have a relationship with them, you know, you can prophesy over your wife if you want to. She knows you. It's all good. Amen. <laughs> If you have a relationship with that person and you're walking with them and you know each other, and, and then that, that might be a little bit different, okay? I'm not trying to control you. I'm just trying to keep the waters from getting muddied. All right. You remember when we had someone... This is an important message, so I need to finish it, but let me just put, a, put an exclamation point. Do you remember, it was a number of years ago, and we had, we had people up front, we were praying for people to be healed, and some guy came from the back... Like skipping like Peter Pan. And yeah, that's what it looked like. He, he came skipping like Peter Pan. And, and he had, he had a, a jar of anointing oil. Do you remember this? He came right up this way. I could feel it, that Peter Pan spirit. <laughs> the Lord says, son, I called you leadership. I've called you to leadership. And there's certain things, health conditions, and certain reasons that you would want to say, well, I'm just not. I'm, but the Lord says, the, the, the Lord says, I've called you. And I see God using you in men's ministry and women's ministry. I see God raising you up. You were a Holy Ghost filled, crazy revival people. You don't have a Peter Pan spirit. Anyway, this guy did. And he came skipping up. He came skipping up like he had little pixie dust and wings. And he, and he started laying hands on people. We let him keep his finger, but I'm just telling you, don't do that. It's kind of intense. It is because there is impartation that can come from an un from an unhealed person that you don't want. There, there's, in, look, come on, there's impartation that can come of a defilement. You can be defiled by somebody. And if they're not a part of this house and they're not, they're not here in a way to 
be a part of pulling for the whole tithing, giving, praying, and they come whistling in with pixie dust. Dust have the fear of God. Don't do that. That's the last warning I'll give. Are we clear? You say, are you talking to me? Probably not. Okay, hopefully you're thoroughly offended. Now you'll get over it, get a, get a part of the team. Serve, submit, and quit being a rebel. Your own cards with Apostle, apostle Jackass on it. It's, in the, it's King James. What's wrong with you people? My wife's not here anyway. I'm getting more and more fired up. Isn't I? It's in the King James. It's a donkey. Did he actually say that? Offended the other person. Let's have a praise break. We'll get back into Luke 6. Is that bad? No, it isn't. It's in the King James. The kids are looking at me like, what did he say? Karen, where are you? Oh, God. All right. I'm so sorry. Sort of. On one level. On another level, I'm not apologetic at all. Receive the slap. Let's move on. Look at the text. Disciples. That was good. That was a good little moment, wasn't it? Disciples eat some corn and were condemned by the Pharisees for breaking the Sabbath law. They had a welfare system. The corner of fields would not be harvested to allow for people to glean. Have you ever heard that term, gleaning? Ruth and Naomi. Ruth gleaned from the fields. Or is it Naomi? Ruth, thanks, you biblical scholars. So the corners of the fields were left open and they would glean but they couldn't use any tools because that would be considered a theft. So they would just be able to use their hands. And that's what they're doing. But as they're taking this, as they're gleaning, as they're taking some, some grain to eat from the corners of the fields, they're being, they're being lambasted by the Pharisees, the religious leaders, that they're doing work on the Sabbath and they get strongly rebuked. And you see, this says here, right here in the Ten Commandments, and I'd encourage you to take one of these home, the four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So what they did over the years is they had oral traditions. They had the rabbinic teachings. They, what they did is so to make sure that nobody would, would violate the Sabbath, they made laws outside of the Sabbath to be sure that nobody would violate the actual Sabbath. So if you were a cobbler, they had crazy rules. Like you could only go so much distance to go eat at somebody's house. And after that, it was considered work, oral traditions. And so what they would do in order to make it to Bubba's house to get some of those ribs. Actually, they probably weren't having ribs, Jews. Anyway, they go get some hummus and pita bread or some challah. They would, if they had to go a certain distance, and that distance was beyond what the oral tradition said, they would then put some food in between. So they'd go and stop. They'd have a little bit of food. And then they would count it. Then they would go another section. So they would constantly, people constantly trying to circumvent the breaking of the Sabbath. They made all these rules that were like, if you were a cobbler and you wore shoes that had a tack in it, it could be considered work if you were tapping the tack back into your shoe. 
They had all kinds of crazy rules to keep people from, from breaking the Sabbath. Jesus points to them to the example of mercy of God, and he declares that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. I want you to say that Jesus is the law. And what's fascinating, if you can imagine, what he's basically saying to them is, I'm God. You made rules about the Sabbath. I'm the one that made it. The regulator, the creator, he's standing before them. Astounding. And Jesus goes in on the Sabbath again and heals a shriveled hand. And in so doing, we're to do good on the Sabbath. And that's what he's saying. We're to do good on, on the Sabbath. Jesus was intimidated by people who were going to possibly even kill him. And nor should you be intimidated by anybody. And the Pharisees desired to kill him. They, they thought about what they should do to him. They actually got together with the Herodians, people they hated. Isn't it incredible? Religious spirit will, will, will partner with people they don't even like to bring harm, to get their desired result. Very simply... What God's saying to us as I quickly move forward in this text is the Spirit of Christ led the church to change the day of worship and rest from Saturday to Sunday. And I will show it to you now in Scripture. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. It's talking about the Sabbath. Paul spoke to the people because he intended to leave in the next day. In, in 1 Corinthians 16, 22, on the first day of every week, each one should set aside a sum of money. The first day of the week is Sunday. On Sunday, that's what he's saying. In Revelation 1 and 10, I was in the Spirit on the, the Lord's day. The early church changed worship from the, from the traditional Sabbath and and. And, and it's, what's amazing is it fits with the new covenant beautifully. From this traditional Sabbath of Friday sundown to Saturday sundown to Sunday because it was the Lord rose from the dead on Sunday. And that's why they did it. He's, he's our rest. He's our Sabbath rest. We worship and recognize what Jesus has done on Sunday because he rose again on Sunday. That's why. Wow, declaring a new day, declaring a new beginning, declaring a new covenant. In fact, the, the history showed it prophetically. This is interesting. If you know about circumcision, they were to circumcision, circumcise a boy on the eighth day. On the eighth day. That's a prophetic type and shadow of the Lord rising on Sunday, circumcising the heart. The, the, the heart of man. The sign of circumcision and the Sabbath fulfilled both in Christ. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. It's a warning in this text not to have the wrong attitude. What do you mean? I was talking with a pastor on Saturday, and uh, they were going to preach like, I, I think they had four services to do. And um, if you've ever done that before, it requires you to, you know, get rested, get prepared, get ready. I mean, it, it, it's pretty intense to do four services. I heard one preacher say, preaching a service, one service is like working hard labor for eight hours. That is not true, I'm just telling you. But preaching four might be, yes. 
And then there's a spiritual drain that happens that's not physical, that's very unique. There's a virtue that's like, I mean, you can be spiritually drained by, by preaching. I mean, Monday, I'm just looking for the bus that ran me over. It's a glorious day. I'm like, hallelujah, where am I? Uh, uh, thank you, Jesus. So I was talking to this pastor who had to preach four times. He says, oh, I got to preach. I have to preach four times. I said, what do you mean have to? Get to. You get to. He started laughing, and we all laughed. He said, that's right. We get to. We, we, we get to. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. The Pharisees, they had issues. They had attitude problems. Listen, worshiping God ought to be fun. It ought to be something you can't hardly wait to do. It, like, whoa, I get to, whoa, go to church. Jesus is our rest. Now, I, I got to go back to attitude for a second. If you grew up in early Pentecost, you know, those earlier, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, they would sing these songs that were just like, I'm so tired and weary. Won't you come and save me? You know, I mean, just like brutal. And and they would wave their, they'd wave their, you know, their their hankies. I'm so tired. It's like a waving the flag of surrender or something. Church is supposed to be a place of joy. Church is supposed to be, but but it really determines if your attitude, if your attitude, listen, if your attitude's jacked up, you're you're not gonna experience much. Some of you need to adjust your attitude right now. You're still bent up by the thing I said because I said Jack, whatever, but you're still messed up about that. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Minister Becky, it's going to be all right. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Jesus is our rest. Turn to Matthew 11. Worship team, please. Verse 28, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hebrew understanding here about rest and is comfort. It's, it's calm. It's it's refreshing. It's a yoke to him. Okay, you're starting to scare me now. I'm just teasing. What I've what I've found and all who walk with him for any length of time will discover. If you get in over your head, you just re- need to reconnect to the one who called you. You get in a place and out over the water, and you don't know what to do. Just, just, just reconnect, just rest. 
I've been in that place more over this past year than I ever have in my whole life. Building a $21 million building, 20.8. 20, 20. And COVID-19 hits, which I have affectionately and mockingly called Clovis. No offense to your brother. If your name is Clovis, I'm so sorry. It's a great name. Amen. The Corona, Chinese bat soup virus. And you know, it's no joke for those who have been on a ventilator. And we have friends that have been. I curse that thing right now. But I can't help but think that there's fear-mongering going on everywhere, and it's an election year, and people are freaking out. And, you know what I mean? Right after you get through the whole, the whole Russia thing, then you move into coronavirus, and you move into total unrest, civil unrest, and 40 American cities on fire. I mean, like, what, what's next? God forbid some mass shooting. I mean, it, it just seems like the strategy of the enemy to keep the nation under fear and bondage. And so, you know, it's not, I wouldn't pick a time to build a building like ours right now. But, but, I, but I didn't pick it to begin with, so that's encouraging. You, you have to learn to come to Him. You have to learn to come to lean on, to rely on, to lean into Him, to, to take His yoke upon you, to trust in Him, the author the perfecter, the finisher of the good work that he's begun, the one who called you, the one who made you, the one who took the, the, the anvil of time and, and the, the hammer of creation and he struck it, caught the sparks and he, and he threw them out and he's the stars. He named every one of them God, almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, of all that's seen and unseen, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the everlasting father the great I am, the shepherd and the bishop of our soul, our redeemer, our provider, our deliverer. When you take stock in your life and you're finding yourself getting stressed out, worrying, who of you can add one cubit to his stature by worrying? I've, I've had to learn to, to lean on, to take his yoke and then keep his yoke. I, I've started with his yoke and then thrown it off and that's a really stressful thing again. But where's the yoke? Where's the yoke, God? Where's the yoke? Ah, ah. Some of you running around like a gerbil on a wheel. He wants you to get off the gerbil wheel and, and take on his yoke, his peace. You don't have to worry. We're not smart enough to figure it out, Josh. Well, We're not. All you have to do is do exactly what you're doing. All you have to do is just love Him. Enjoy Him. Yes, work hard. Use your talents. Use your giftings. Yes, keep your heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. But yoke with Him. Rest in Him. Sabbath is every day. It's every day for the believer. But we worship on Sunday by design because that's what the early church did. Our goal is to have a life of peace and rest. Hebrews 4, 
Let us therefore make every effort. Listen to this. This sounds contrary. Make every effort to enter his rest. You have to work to get into his rest. Huh? Make every effort to enter his rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Listen, rest comes by hearing and responding to the Lord's word and doing it on a daily basis. You know, I'm, I'm watching this show. It's on somewhere, some platform, History Channel. So it's called Alone. Anybody ever seen that? There's a whole bunch of series called Alone. And what's crazy is these people from all walks of life, they're like master, you know, master survival people. And uh, they, they get alone in the woods, or there's an Arctic one, and there's all kinds of stuff, different seasons. And, and they're so tormented. It's, they seem so tormented, they're alone. Their whole life is about getting the next meal or at least storing up some food, creating shelter, Shelter, food, and water. Warmth. That's it. Every day, it's about making sure their shelter's going to work. Oh, and predators. And that's what their life's about. And you can see them as these rainstorms, they, they go to these, they, they do their own videoing. It's an, have you seen it? Oh, it's, it's, it's unique. And these people are tormented. They get, they're alone with their minds and they start just thinking about their wives and their kids. And you can just see the ones that aren't going to make it might have had the skill, but they don't have the, the wherewithal. They, they don't, some of them know Jesus, but it seems that most of them don't. And the ones that don't, and even the ones that do, don't know how to abide. Listen, in these last days, you had best know how to find rest in God. There is a rest that comes to the weary that's not earned by the strength of your arm. There's a rest that comes, and you need to labor to enter into it. And for me, you know, I enter into it just, you know, just my heart. I've practiced His presence long enough. I can fall out by myself. I don't need an usher. I don't need anybody to lay hands on me. I can fall out and have dreams and visions all on my own. Seriously? Yeah, you just go deep in God. Go deep in God. Some of you need rest. I mean, you're just like twisted and you need strength. It comes from the Lord. He is, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. This is a word to our nation. We are supposed to be one nation under God. The answer to the woes of America are a great revival. If America doesn't turn to God, we will see more tragedy and increase in lawlessness. And it'll go on and on and on and on and on. There's a, there's a, a modern day gold rush coming to Alaska. Oh, I'm telling you, if you have property, you've, you've done well. If you own a house right now, if you don't, I would encourage you to get one. Why is that? I'm just telling you, houses are flying off the, off the shelves if there is such a thing. Real estate's going to rise. Seriously? Yeah, people are going to move here because they're sick and tired of the lower 48. But this state will get just like the rest of them if we don't have a move of God. We need to have a great move of God. Come on, if I could, if I could read my prophetic word from Chuck Pierce. Come on, this is it right here. Alaska. 
is deliver, will deliver a nation. God is crowning Alaska and allowing her the opportunity to enthrone and lift Jesus high, shifting the atmosphere and ushering in a powerful move of the Spirit of God for an entire nation, the United States of America. The battles are real and ancient in this pristine and amazing land, but the Father's hand is resting on Alaska, and His heart is moved as her people move into His presence to deliver a nation. Isaiah 14, 26, and this is the purpose. That is purpose concerning the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. Alaska is firmly positioned to release the purposes of the Lord as He stretches His hand out over our nation nations of the world. Can you say amen? amen? Have a day of rest, but by all means rest in him every day. Teach your family that church is important. Worshiping God, going to church, being a part of a local church, serving, hearing the word, going to prayer, worshiping is important. Teach them that. We've been doing that long before I went into full-time ministry. You need to do that. You need to teach your kids. Hey, this Sunday, Sunday's the Lord's Day. Honestly, you know, I see Minister Barry standing in the back. I think he's our, our, our pastor that's in the lobby today. But what I've heard you've done with your kids and your family is the best I've heard anybody ever do it. Like Saturday, they prepare, like they get their offerings ready. They're like, we're going to seek God tomorrow. It's on tomorrow. Come on, prepare your heart. They, they pray. Now, you can do that of religiosity and a pharisaical spirit, but that's not what comes from you and your lovely wife. There's a preparation, a sincere preparation. Ooh, God's going to move tomorrow. Ooh, we got our offering. God, what do you want to do? Ooh, there's a preparation. I'm staying up till 2 in the morning playing Xbox and, and a World of Warcraft. You're, 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 you're not losing your mind into, into video and the different things. Or, you know, even your own hobbies. You're, you're going to bed early. You're getting up fresh and ready, and you're coming to church to give God your best to worship Him, get here a little bit early. Come on, there's something very beautiful about that. He's the Lord of the Sabbath, and, and, it, and it is to be on Sunday, but honestly, it should be every day. Make a goal. The goal of your life is to live in a place of rest. So many people running after vitamins, trying to take care of their physical body, but not taking care of their spiritual one. You can take as many vitamins as you want to, work out until you're just shredded and ripped, and you look like, I don't know, whoever is shredded and ripped be a spiritual dunce and pass nothing on to your kids. I do think you should do both. Paul said physical exercise is some value, but Godly is the value of all things. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Lift your hands all across this place. Can we sing that Lord of the Sabbath song? Come on, lift your hands. Let the Holy Spirit come on you. Some of you need to get rid of your old yoke and take on his yoke right now. Come on, trade your yoke in. You know what a yoke is? The farming implement. The two animals we put together and 
device, a yoke would be placed upon the shoulders and they would pull together. Jesus said, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. That if you get connected, if you abide, if you remain in him, then you get to walk in a peace and he does the work as you simply obey and stay in that place of abiding. Can you say amen? All right. Ushers, would you help us? We're going to go ahead and give tonight. Four different ways to do that. I hope you got something. You forgive me for that intense moment, won't you, of rebuke? There's an occasional catfish, which we hope will be transformed from their catfish ways. Mud sucking catfish. You don't have to be a catfish anymore. You can be healed. You can be free. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't need to be a catfish anymore. Hey! You're here tonight, and you're a donkey. You know you are. You've been told by others. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking up. You want to be delivered from your donkey ways. You don't have to be a donkey on, on anymore.
How old is he? 10 years old, he's praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in Spirit 10. Don't stop, kid. What are we doing? Right. Ushers. If you felt that we were talking about you regarding the um, new cards and apostolic pathetic ministry, we'd love to help you. So uh, just see one of my staff and we'll direct you to the right way of getting released and elevated in the South. Other than that, you want to keep your mouth shut. Don't be, don't do it. Everybody say, don't do it. Do you all understand? If you're new here and you have no idea what I'm talking about, then don't worry about it. It's all right. We're just putting some banks to the river. Hey, bud. Let's pray. Ready? Like great haircut. It's just shining so beautifully. <laughs> Is that fresh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, oh, that's fresh. I can tell. I know the look. I know. It's got that. You know they have those head wipes. You seen those things? Yeah. It's the glistening head wipes. That they wipe here. I did mine last night, so it's not as fresh as that one. That one looking good right there. You're welcome. Father, we thank and praise you for your goodness towards us. That all of us, we all were like donkeys. Everyone. But you redeemed us. You washed us and cleansed us. And you're the Lord of the Sabbath. We return the 10% to you in covenant act. We tithe, we give to our building project. Thank you that it's done with shouts of grace, grace. The windows of heaven are open for your people. And the devourers rebuked. And the time of favor has come. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead. Minister Mike. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better
those here, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment to him because you drifted. You want to come home tonight. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about joining this church. I'm talking about being born again. John 3, 16 says, you must be born again. And if you can't remember when you were born again, the odds are you probably haven't been because it's not the kind of thing that you forget. So we want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or you want to make a recommitment because you've been living a life of compromise, but you, you received the Lord at times past, but you've been living a life of compromise. And you want to come home. You want to stop compromising. You want to sell out. You want to sell the farm. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands as a universal sign of surrender? Holy Spirit, touch, fill, right now. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in tongues, and you desire that, you'd like that, I want to invite you to come. I've got pastors and ministers coming. You want to be filled with the Spirit. Maybe you just need to be refilled. Need a healing, perhaps. The altars are open. We're going to minister to these. You need prayer, come. We're so glad you came tonight. Kind of an unusual service, but that's how it rolls around here. I hope you learned something about the Sabbath. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Amen. Rest in Him every day. That's the bottom line. New Testament church was on Sunday, clearly through the scriptures. And there's many different ways to talk about that and to prove it. And there's numerous arguments out there. Bottom line is Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And make sure you have one in the seven that you worship him and rest from all of your labors. And they have found that those who do that actually prosper greater than those who work seven days a week. It'll run you down. Don't do it. Rest. Everybody say rest in Jesus. And labor to enter into his rest. Listen to his word. Renew your mind. Grow in the things of God. Walk in the blessings of God. Amen. Did you get something? So glad. Let me bless you. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, Lord. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.